0: Welcome to Breaking Through Business, the podcast where we talk about things that are keeping small business owners from getting traction and what they can do about it. I'm your host, Tabitha Sheever, and I have with us today my guest, Paul Larson, who is the Chief Executive Officer of Larson Financial Holdings, which is the parent company with multiple affiliate businesses under its stewardship. Paul is also the founder of Larson Financial Foundation, a charitable organization with the purpose of empowering international communities through sustainable business and sharing hope in places of the greatest need. Paul, you are a serial entrepreneur. You have helped launch and invest over 42 businesses in six countries, and you have over 300 employees under Financial uh, Larson Financial Holdings and the Larson Financial Foundation. So can you just start off by telling us about Larson Financial and some of the greatest lessons you've learned in creating and growing this business.
1: Sure well it's good to be here. Uh, I launched uh, Larson Financial in 2006 so we just celebrated uh, roughly our 16 uh, year anniversary and uh, it has been a wild ride for sure. (laughs) Um, You know I I think uh, what drove me to uh, start this company um, was really it was born out of a desire to see people flourish uh, holistically Uh, The company that I'd uh, uh, been with prior to that, coming out of college, uh, was a really good company. Uh, They taught me a lot of the basics uh, as far as running a business, and um, I I think as I got into it a little bit more, I realized that uh, I wanted to be more involved uh, with growing people, and um, I understood as I uh, sat down with the executive team of my prior job and just realized that they had a little different direction, so... Uh, we uh, set off and uh, launched a company, and there were three of us uh, at, at the very beginning. Um, so it's been quite an adventure.
0: Yeah. So take me through that scaling journey. So there was three, and then what? Like, how did you how did you grow from there?
1: Yeah. You know, uh, there there are a lot of uh, companies that start off uh, small like this, but I, I recall um, you know launching, and uh, we uh, signed a five year lease, and uh, that was probably one of the more um, I don't know, concerning and uh, scary things that I'd ever done. You're (laughs) signing yourself up for five years of a debt commitment, more or less, and you're not even sure if the the business is going to work. But uh, we we launched with the three folks. I had an intern, and then I had uh, an administrative assistant uh, who really uh, came on, and she was a jack of all trades. And I relied very heavily on her uh, to uh, really design all the infrastructure that was necessary to run uh, a small financial planning practice.
0: Nice. And so then when did you start growing? Was it intentional? Was it just sort of organic? Like, how did that happen?
1: Yeah, it was uh, pretty intentional. You know, we, we uh, at the time, were working pretty much exclusively with doctors. And um, uh, we were building out a, a team of people to really help facilitate all the areas of their finances. And so we started doing an investment uh, business, uh, primarily focusing in on financial planning, and then started to expand Uh, The uh, expectation was long term to build out the vertical integration to really be able to fulfill the mission uh, of empowering all to flourish And the way that we were doing that uh, was a little bit unorthodox. Uh, I think uh, back uh, 20 years ago, businesses were more focused on, you know, kind of dive into one particular area and do it really well. Uh, and then outsource everything else to other people. Mm -hmm. And um, I had a little different uh, take on that. I was more interested in creating synergies between different business lines. And at the time, that wasn't a very popular uh, perspective. I think more of a Jim Collins approach was uh, prioritized where people said, go deep and build a hedgehog around one thing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, from my view, I I wanted to create a hedgehog, and the hedgehog was becoming a one-stop resource. And so to implement that, we really had to bring in a whole bunch of different types of businesses. Um, so we scaled very quickly. We uh, were hiring and doubling staff you know, every uh, month or two and uh, quickly outgrew the space and you know, uh, continued to bring in new people.
0: Nice. And so what along the way, what were some of the biggest challenges you faced and kind of how did you tackle the big ones? Because that's what everybody here wants to know. <laughs> sure,
1: sure. You know, I think um, people are, are certainly the most rewarding part of any job. <laughs> and they're also the most challenging. Um, Absolutely. I remember early on, I actually had to uh, fire a person three times uh, in what? the first uh, eight <laughs> months. And, uh, you know, I just didn't have the heart. You know, I, well, I, I opened up my phone bill at the office and it was like a thousand dollars, you know, in this this one month expense. And I'm looking at it, and this is back when you paid for long distance, right? Yeah, so yeah. this is way before cell phones were really a thing. But uh, I'm looking at this, and I'm going, "What in the world? What? There's one phone number, and one of my, you know, seven employees was calling his girlfriend every day uh, during the lunch hour for like, uh, and then and then into the afternoon. And so, you know, I had a conversation and. I'm like, you can't do this. And, you know, lay it out the sob story. And, and so it's, I'd say the biggest challenge for me was being, um, you know, somebody who could guide and lead uh, people. And uh, sometimes that was, you know, discussing the hard truth. And um, that was really a challenge for me.
0: Yeah. We call that being the buffalo. So running into the storm, having the hard conversation, because then the storm will pass a lot faster versus like if you're the cow and you're running along with the storm. So, right, right. yeah, so that's kind of been the key for you is just being open and honest when you need to.
1: Yeah, you know, I think um, when when we look at our mission statement, FLOURISH is an acronym. And uh, it involves different things uh, as far as, you know, the F is for faith and L is love and O. And it kind of goes through these different uh, components uh, that you have to have uh, to really see your people flourishing. And uh, sometimes it's just speaking the truth uh, straight up and uh, and getting people to a place where they can flourish. So this, this individual, I found him many years later, he ended up uh, finding a job somewhere else. And it was a perfect fit. Yeah, you know, I was asking him to do things that were beyond his scope. And, and I would say as we continue to grow through the years, that this uh, Peter principle where you uh, promote people up the chain, perhaps prematurely or into positions that are beyond their skill set, continued to be uh, a challenge for us. And so uh, I think that the key as a leader of an organization is recognizing when you are an impediment on growing the business or you, the people that are in the different places are are just beyond their their scope. Um, in EOS, you know, we talk about, you know, three different components. We talk about uh, do they get it, uh, do they want it, and do they have capacity? Mm-hmm. And uh, there are just many times when, when your people are going to miss on one of those uh, categories. And then, As the person leading that organization, you have to understand that and be able to honestly confront that and then help get them through that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and it's hard when you want a person to flourish, and so making that decision of when do you pour into them versus when do you let them go. But sometimes letting them go is actually the more humane thing for them because they're just staying because they're also trying to make you happy or fulfill a need, right? And so, yeah. So yeah, that's that's truth. It's a hard balance. That's the one that's the people, the discernment, right? That I find that that most leaders are, are wrestling with all the time. So, you mentioned EOS. When in your journey did you? start doing eOS and why like what was the impetus how did you know that you needed a, a, a system like eOS and why eOS over any other system so just kind of tell me about that thought process and
1: sure yeah you know I didn't even know what EOS was until maybe about three years ago um, but if, if I look back over the last you know 15 20 years of operating a business many of the principles that are in eOS were certainly uh, at the core of, uh, of how I naturally uh, lead. And it's uh, if you think about it from a, a big picture, what you're doing is you're, you're creating a simplistic operating system that is understandable for your staff to use, that is going to take a big picture vision and a mission and then break it down to a daily uh, routine. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it's going to hold people accountable. It's going to cast that vision, and it's going to make sure that all your people are working together and row in the same direction. And so I, I would say that, you know, we, uh, over the years, um, we got our businesses uh, collectively at a hold company level to about a $20 million revenue uh, maybe 10 years ago. And uh, we started peaking out as far as performance. And uh, we started seeing cracks in, in the armor. Or I always use the analogy of a, of a rocket ship going up into the atmosphere and, and the bolts weren't even tightened down yet. So I've got stuff <laughs> flying off all over the place. And people are just getting frustrated. And um, Uh, We started losing some of our our key advisory team. We actually lost about a third of our uh, financial advisors. Um, And that was a real big eye-opener for me, and I realized that uh, I needed to change. Uh, The way that I was leading and the way that I was uh, running the organization uh, just needed to have an upgrade. And uh, for most entrepreneurs, this is kind of their off-ramp. They end up uh, taking off, and then they go start something else. Uh, I felt like I I wanted to really press into it because I wanted to grow. Uh, I wanted to see you know, what uh, the Lord would have for me as far as going to the next level into a different uh, position and stretching some of the muscles that I've never used before. And so we went into uh, a different operating system. I hired a um, gentleman who came from the engineering background and, um, you know, he came in and brought in a Hoshin Conry kind of a structure, uh, which is very KPI driven and some of the the tenets that you'll see in EOS, but much more... um, probably more Japanese, you know, Mm -hmm. you know, business uh, structure uh, with, you know, uh, manufacturing. And I think that works really well for companies that that are in that field. But for us, it was really hard. By the time we were actually mapping things out, you you weren't able to maneuver fast enough to seize the opportunity that was in front of you. Mm. So we went back out and somebody actually he brought to me a, a book. Uh, called Rocket Fuel. And uh, this was this, uh, this idea of, you know, matching up uh, a visionary and uh, somebody who can implement uh, that vision uh, in an effective way. And I read it and I went, yeah. I'm an extreme visionary. Mm-hmm. And so then we started getting into the EOS and the rest is history. It's been great.
0: Nice. And you're running for, like 40-something companies on EOS. So I've heard, oh, this isn't going to work for me. We're too big. I've heard, oh, this isn't going to work for me. I'm too small. Um, how have you guys made that work given you guys have a pretty unique structure?
1: Yeah, we do. Uh, on the on the whole company level, uh, we had that was our biggest challenge with the EOS system. It was identifying how do you take the... The structure of EOS and then implemented across multiple operating businesses that are all part of the same organization at the hold company level. But um, uh, and there's always this balance between knowing when do you pull people into a weekly meeting uh, mm-hmm. at the uh, level 10, which is uh, reassigning, you know, uh, all your core leadership and making sure you're driving to um, the goals that you set for the quarter. And you know, for us, I have uh, technically uh, seven different folks that are integrators that are tying in the different business pieces, and so uh, these are presidents of different organizations. And in some level, they they come together on a quarterly basis uh, to look at the the vision traction organizer, which we've designed for you know every. We usually break it out into five and seven year markers. But uh, when we get together as that team, we're looking at how do we share resources uh, collectively, and then all the other businesses tie underneath, and they're more on the private equity side, and those are tied to specific investors that we go after a, a target. We've got a laser-pointed uh, end destination that we're going for, and all we're doing is executing uh, on that. But the seven operating companies are, are probably, they were the biggest challenge getting EOS connected.
0: mm mm-hmm. Gotcha. So what's your favorite thing about EOS? You kind of mentioned a challenge, right? Getting that structure originally, <laughs> but what would you say, like if a business owner was only going to do one thing or one part of it, which we all know that's not the way it works, but like which piece do you love the most or made the most impact?
1: Yeah. Um, I, I think the, uh, the cadence of the weekly meetings is really helpful. Um, this, this idea of a, of a level 10 meeting and the structure that goes around that uh, level 10 forces you to stay in a rhythm that will allow you to drive towards uh, your specific goal. And, um, and I'd say apart from that, when you cast your, you know, your in-tenure vision or whatever you want to call it, you know, ours is to see 100,000 families flourishing. So that's showing up every single week in front of our people. Are we doing this? And mm-hmm. we have the hard conversations to say, you know what, actually, you know, with this metric here, We've designed this, and we've got employees saying that, um, you know, they're not flourishing in this area. Mm-hmm. And so we have to really deal with that. And, and I think that weekly cadence uh, forces your, your eyes to look back at why are you even in existence as a business. And it's so easy to get busy uh, with a business chasing an opportunity or trying to put out a fire and you forget the why, and then you you're certainly not focused on the right what. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Um, I worked at an organization that they had community as one of their number one values, and we started doing this work. And I was we were going through and going, you know, are these still our core values? I raised my hand and I said. Um, we haven't done anything in the community or for the community in the five years that I've been here. Like, is this really a core value? And and so, um, yeah, you gotta just be intentional. You gotta stop and you gotta come back to it. But we had a lot of dialogue around that, um, misalignment really in, impacted the employees because the employees then didn't trust leadership because they felt like they were saying we're one thing and then not living it and so percent yeah so that you know just it's not the values aren't for the world to see right? right it's really for your internal employees and there's there's a whole trust component that really comes into all of this too so that's right well what's next for you guys as you continue to scale what's for what's next for you personally and for the business
1: you know, as we uh, look to the future, um, we're at a point now where we are continuing to, uh, to grow and, and looking for ways to, to integrate in more capital and more, you know, opportunities. But I think for us, um, you know, we're going to continue what we've started, you know, and it's just doing more of it and it's turning the wheel faster. And, and uh, a lot of that's revolved around people, you know, mm-hmm. and so you've got to have a good structure that's attractive to people to join. And uh, particularly in this economy, it's really hard to find good people and retain good people. Mm-hmm. And uh, my belief is that if you've got a good operating system, uh, that's going to help you uh, facilitate, you know, filling those, uh, those holes in the system and bringing in the right people.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Last, one last final word, anything you want to share, any wisdom you have for, you know, business owners that are trying to scale and grow their businesses?
1: Yeah, I think uh, the, the biggest thing that was told to me early on in my 20s uh, was know your why, and if your why is strong enough, the, the what isn't going to matter. You're going to figure that out. And uh, it's really easy for me to lose sight of the why or to not be honest about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes I find myself doing things and my wife will call me on it. She'll say, what are you doing? And, and why is this so important to you? And uh, I've, I've grown to appreciate that question over, over the years <laughs> because it does make me stop and, and really press into that why. And so that my encouragement would be, why are you doing what you're doing? understand and know what that is very clearly and distinctly and then uh, work on your what after it
0: absolutely thank you so much for your time today paul Um, make sure you join us for the next podcast where we talk about 10 business ratios any business owner should know with our guest terry lammers of innovative business advisors and as always it was an absolute pleasure to spend time with you paul thank you thanks tabitha This has been Breaking Through Biz with Tabitha Sheever, and I just want to give a thank you to Family Vision Media and Dave Powell for helping us to produce this podcast. Plus Delta is committed to helping your small business get your operations in order and to drive positive change. To learn more about Plus Delta services or EOS, go to plusdelta.com. Until next time, happy changing, everyone.